Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network, presents a Sertoba Media production where the struggle is real to be awesome. Five, four, three, two. The wait is over. You're giving it to Dale Earnhardt Jr. because he piggybacked off of his dad's name. The because only difference is because there was a junior at the end and not a senior. Yes, yes, and okay. because and because and because it's the, 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 the fact is, Drew Point with Oh my God! <laughs> I had Miami Heat winning last night. I was I was upset too when they lost us with you because of the fact of what. You- Get your popcorn ready. It's time for the in or out sports debate with your hosts, Joseph Raymond and Drew Willingham. Hello everyone, we are live with another edition of the In or Out Sports Debate. I am your host, Drew Willingham, along with this week's special returning guest. He is a Virginia Tech Hokie alumni and one of my friends who knows a lot of great baseball. Give it up for Joey Raymond. (laughs) Welcome back, brother. Welcome to myself, but more importantly, welcome to you, to your own podcast, because, you know, it's important <laughs> that you get graced with my presence every other week, it seems like. Um, now, nah, is... Joey took some uh, acting classes when he went. Yeah, to I know. This is, uh, this is fun. I love doing this. Uh, I, I love coming back and doing this. Uh, I am really, really excited to talk about baseball with you, dude. This is going to be a lot of fun. Dude, we've got a lot of great topics tonight. Um, definitely a very special episode with uh, episode 49 on our quest to 50 episodes, which we will definitely get to tomorrow when Kyle Nash is here. But before we get to that point, we do have to acknowledge something as always, and that is the Vault of Fame. Acknowledge me. this show was so important and this is why i am personally validating and vouching for this show if if you are anybody in media sports professional wrestling anything you need to be on in or out sports debate with my man drew willingham that's right guys that is the vault of fame getting us through what has been 48 episodes to this point now 49 back with joey raymond for the third time We've got a great episode ahead of us. Again, like we said, with 49, we do have to go through the Legacy Maker Sports Network handles right quick. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, soon to come, TikTok, as well as LegacyMakerSports.com. You've got the handles right here for the in or out sports debate 
on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Twitch, as well as the audio handles on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Anchor.fm, and you can also download them individually on iTunes. If you want to throw me a little tippy here, what Darrell calls Willie Bucks right here on Cash App, you can go to dwilly 87 Throw me a little tip if you feel like a delivery pizza, just like I deliver you entertainment right here in this video. Thank you guys for watching episode 49 of the In or Out Sports Debate. We are live here on Monday, September 19th. Again, let's go ahead and get this thing started with round one here on episode 49. Round one. Here with round one. This is going to be a great one. The 2023 Major League Baseball rule changes will further pacify sports as we know it. How do you feel about this, Joey? Are you in or are you out on this one? I'm actually out. Okay, so I have a legitimate question for you, Drew. Explain to me how the NFL can make changes the nba can make changes but as soon as the mlb goes to make any sort of rule change whatsoever it's all up in arms god forbid we even make a minor deal to change any sort of rule in the mlb i i don't understand it and i never will there's too many baseball traditionalists that just never want anything to change with baseball um fact of the matter is i mean like you look at like the nfl with the they moved the kickoff back they added the chop block the tuck rules pass interference rules uh the nba added the lane distance they moved the three-point line they added flagrancies they legalized zone defense like all of those are major rule changes the mlb hasn't had a major rule change in forever and the fact of the matter is, is if major league baseball doesn't evolve in some way i mean we're getting to a point where like everybody's just going to get bored because they're watching the same thing and you're watching athletes who are significantly better athletes now than what they were dealing with back then who have very obviously mastered everything there is to master about this game. And if we don't change some of these rules, we're going to definitely tank an entertainment value. And then a lot of younger kids and a lot of younger people are not going to want to watch the game as much as like, you know, what the traditionalists are. I don't think that we shouldn't, that we should, excuse me, I don't think that we shouldn't change the rules just because a small select few people don't think that we should. That doesn't seem fair. Uh, Man, you know what? You bring a great argument to this. However, I disagree with you on this. I'm in. Come on, man. Come on, Joey. When you really think about this, you want to change like the, the three biggest things are they change the defensive shift limits is what they basically put on there, where four infielders must be within the outer boundary of the infield when the pitcher is on the rubber. Like that's like telling you that you are in the military and you must be in this formation when you True. are coming through to get this specific order done at this specific okay. 
time. I don't agree with that. Hang on. Okay, see, I'm here's done. the hang thing, on. though. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Besides that, then the pitch timer. Like, you, you got to have a pitch timer on a pitcher now. Like, I get that if, like, we're, like, in a Little League World Series or something. The NBA has we're a not shot during clock. A game. The NFL has a The NFL has a clock. The NBA has a clock. Why encourage dead time in baseball when every other major sport has a clock? Like, every other sport has a clock. What's wrong with the MLB having one? Because so many more people who watch baseball who are hardcore fans are more uptight than people who are more hardcore football fans. If you really think about it, they're going to be coming in there with stopwatches or on their smartphones and be calculating, oh, you are 0.2 seconds off. Like that dad who keeps scoring at the Suns baseball game in there with the book. Come on, man. No, I don't agree with that. They're going to be coming in there with stopwatches. I disagree with you on that. No, See? I'm it's further going to pass by the game with having a shot clock on True. baseball. Come have you on. Been to a minor league... Don't change American pastime. Have you been to a minor league game where they have the pitch clock? No, not since they changed it. I have not. It's been. it's fantastic. It it flows way smoother than I think a lot of people think that it will. Because um, it really is just kind of like the shot clock in the NBA. They put a number up on a board, and that number counts down. And if it hits... Uh, zero, then they either add a ball or add a strike based off of, you know, whether it was the batter's fault or whether it was the uh, pitcher's fault. Like, I mean, it, it really is smooth. It flows well um, and it gets rid of all the dead time. And if you look at the stats on it, it literally cut the average baseball game by 26 minutes. Like it does help. It works, man. I'm telling you. But tell me where three square inches of a base helps with collisions, okay? Come on. If, if a collision is meant to happen with the game baseball is played, it's going to happen. They, they do need to be a little bit more safe out there, but at the same time, when it comes to three square inches on a base, I don't think that's going to make that much of a difference when it comes to player safety. I, I think I think you're right. I think player safety-wise, I don't think that the bigger bases really changes all that much as far as like collision uh, rules go. I think that one is more specifically tailored towards uh, encouraging uh, stolen bases. Um, and in the games that I have seen that have the 18-inch bases, um, stolen bases are, you know, they are happening. I mean, it is... Like every other play, there is someone going to stealing a base. And I love the stolen base. When I played baseball, that was my bread and butter. And I love watching other people do it. And it it really does encourage because, I mean, you got to think three inches on each base. That's an extra six inches. That's almost, you know, I mean, that's half a foot that you have um, closer to that bag, closer to stealing that base. I mean, you have a definite higher chance of, of being successful. It was definitely not my bread and butter when it comes to stealing. I was always a little bit bigger, than, you know, especially definitely not in the later part of the career like right now. But, you know, you brought up the minor leagues, especially testing out certain things when it comes to the shot clock. Let's take that into round two and see what we got for the topic coming up in round two. Round two. You know, here with round two, taking it into minor league with the minor league baseball players joining the players union is a good thing for baseball. How do you feel about this, Joey, when it comes to this? Are you in or are you out on this one? I'm in. All I can say is yes, like a thousand times yes. Like I have been wanting the minor league players to unionize for a very long time. Um, 
you know, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, I interact with a lot of minor league baseball players. I travel and watch a lot of minor league games. Um, I probably watch more minor league baseball than I watch major league baseball. I watch a lot of it. I interact with a lot of these guys. I am friends with several uh, players who play in the Red Sox organization, the Rockies organization, the Yankees organization. Like I, I know a lot of guys and to witness what they've had to go through um, is not, it's their mental health, their, their physical health. Like it's not been good what they've had to go with. It wasn't until 2022 that major league baseball even covered their housing costs. So they were paying these massive costs in rent, and then they would have to pay to get out of their leases. And, uh, you know, because they got promoted or they got demoted and they had to move around a lot. And, you know, they weren't providing anything but post-game meals. And, you know, they were being paid less than minimum wage. Um, I mean, these guys were being treated like second class citizens and to see them unionize and to see them unionize, not just by themselves, but with the major league players. I think that this is going to provide so many different things for them. I feel like we're not going to lose really good players anymore because I cannot count the amount of minor leaguers that I have seen go to play baseball and then they just can't financially afford it anymore and so they have to leave the game. I think this is better for the game overall. We're going to get better talent in the minor leagues. And I genuinely love this rule. Uh, or not not really a rule. But I, I love the fact that they unionized. I love the fact that we're going to be able to see them truly develop and really kind of get that league backing. I, I love it. I'm, I'm all in. Hey, before I give my take, shout out to Snowman in the Morning with Cole Johnson. They are definitely watching live. I can see it in the comments. Shout out to Derek Medea and John Campbell as well so far. And to the fans that you so far that are keeping the comments going, definitely appreciate it. We'll get to those comments here at the middle of the show and at the end as well. But other than that, uh, how I feel about this when it comes to minor leaguers joining the Players Union and how I feel about that, I agree with Joey. I'm in on this as well. I mean, definitely, definitely uh, these guys deserve benefits uh, when you think about it. And uh, everything that they have to do, and they have the hardest point of travel because they're going through the bus travel and everything. So uh, they don't have the luxury of flying, even though there's some there's some MLB teams that are flying coach rather than first class, depending on, I guess, how they're playing and the funding that's coming in because everything is based on funding. The salary cap, there's not, not much of a cap when it comes within baseball. It's a little bit more open. The books are a little bit more open when it comes to that, when it comes to the sport of baseball compared to basketball or, or and, and even NFL. NFL is even really tighter when you think of the books, even though theirs has expanded over the years as well, uh, depending on revenue when it comes to all that. But when it comes to baseball, a little bit more open with that. And minor leagues kind of get the brunt of it because they still get revenue when it comes to their home games uh, with concessions, the with, with getting in with, with as well as ticket prices and admission. Uh, they, there's there's funding that's coming in there. The, and the, these guys are not are seeing it all on the player side. It's 
owners who were getting rich, but it's like this no matter where you go. Think about how WWE and sports entertainment became as big as it was when you compare that to the scheme of things. But, yeah, that's why I agree with Joey on this. I'm in. It's a great thing that the players have definitely joined the Players Union because it gives them more of insurance policy, helps them out in time of need if some things go wrong, be it with injury or anything like that. So a great move for minor leaguers to join the Players Union. I'm all in on that. Well, and something else to think about and something else to keep in mind is this also gives them a seat at the table. Um, you know, when they go to negotiate in the MLBPA meetings, whether or not they're, you know, that whole crapshoot that, you know, delayed the season or whatever, um, you know, all of that, like minor leaguers are also now going to be a part of that. So, you know, they're going to be able to, to negotiate and to be able to actually like have a seat at the table to be able to, to, you know, have better conditions and, and be able to explain better, you know, what's going on in the minor leagues. And as far as the salary cap goes, that's a whole nother argument that I definitely want to have with you. Um, because the fact that baseball doesn't have a salary cap is ridiculous. They should have one. And the fact that they don't have one is ridiculous because these owners are like the Oakland athletics, for example, like they're just pocketing all that TV money, all of that money, and they're not spending a dime of it. The fact that Max Scherzer is making more money than the entire Oakland Athletics payroll is a disgrace. Facts. But you said one thing with the head of the table, and that's why I got to bring this up. Acknowledge me. Because that's what he says. He is the head of the table. You must acknowledge Acknowledge me. Facts. So with that being said, we've definitely gone through two great rounds here of the Interhouse Sports Debate, and we do have some breaking news we have to acknowledge as well. And that breaking news is this. For the foreseeable future, uh, the inner out sports debate will remain to produce content solely on Tuesdays for the time being may go back to doing Mondays and Tuesdays here soon. Maybe just Mondays, maybe a totally different day, but for the foreseeable future for scheduling for the entire network here for convenience, definitely going to keep Tuesdays going here. It's definitely been a great ride as we near 50 episodes, man, we are at 50 episodes tomorrow. Right now we're at 49, but that That's is the breaking man. news. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You know, we've, uh, you know, as you and I talked about it before the show started, got a little vignette of a little bit of highlight reel that I'm going to have for you guys tomorrow with episode 50. Joey here will be on that. Everybody, there will be 26 total panelists by the time Kyle gets here tomorrow. He'll be the 26th new panelist. Um, and, and without 50 throughout 50 episodes, it's like averaging one every one new person every other episode. I couldn't have done this without all of you guys you and the 25 others that have been before you and after you throughout this lineup of when you first started with now being your third one. Uh, we, we definitely have discussed it before. I'm not sure if we've discussed it um, live uh, here, but Joey and I have talked about it. We are going to be doing a bi-weekly um, event where basically he's going to be on this show every other week. And there's going to be some weeks where I'm going to have double debate weeks, double debate episodes on those Tuesdays. But mainly I'm going to be doing like one episode Tuesdays with the way my schedule's working out. 
And uh, even though we're taking a little side measure to talk about this for a second, I just want you guys to know about basically how the upco- uh, upcoming uh, format's going to look for that. So Joey will be here every two weeks to talk about some baseball, a little bit of college football, some NFL. I'll try to get out of them too. But he <laughs> is definitely huge when it comes to baseball. I have somebody that I can talk baseball with, so it's great. So thank you all who have been out there, who have been supportive of that, and who are fans of baseball, as well as the other things I talk about within college sports, NFL, uh, sports entertainment with wrestling, and the other ventures that I have. So thank you all, consistent fans, for being there. But with that said, we've got a few more rounds to go. Let's go ahead and take this into round three. And with round three, you know, we've got the Guardians here. Let's go ahead and see the, the, uh, the switchover for that. Round three. My apologies for the technical difficulties on that. With this being said, the Cleveland Guardians will not finish this season in first place. How do you feel about this one, Joey, when it comes to the Cleveland Guardians? Are you in or are you out on this one? I'm out. I mean, statistically speaking, uh, the Cleveland Guardians actually have a 44.6% chance of actually winning the division. Uh, The White Sox are the next closest uh, in the 30-ish mark. Um, I am sad that I didn't write that one down. Um, The White Sox are, they're playing good right now. I mean, they're 7-3 and in the last 10 games. However, Cleveland's 8-2. and Um, They're both playing really good baseball right now. Both of them are really hot. They're both playing good baseball at the right time. However, I do think that Cleveland, they're just playing consistently enough that I think that they'll take first place. Um, As far as playoffs go, that's a whole different argument. But as far as whether or not they win the division or not, I think they have that uh, pretty handily. They have the lead right now, so it's theirs to lose. I will say this much, though. Um, They do play tomorrow the guardians and the white Sox. this is going to be a fun series to watch um if you just enjoy watching random baseball games i i literally watched the guardians this morning um it it was a great game um you know that's gonna be a great series to watch if you love watching baseball go watch the uh go watch the the white Sox guardians series it's gonna be a fun one yeah, I mean they got a four game lead over them. So I mean, I mean I know that you you disagree on this and saying they're out, and they, they've got a huge. I wouldn't say like a huge because I mean four games still easy to give up. But I actually have to agree with you on this. I'm out on this as well. Let's keep it smooth, y'all. Guardians have got an 80 and 67 record. Now they did play a team today in the Minnesota Twins. And lost eleven. I mean, won eleven to four, but they beat a team that was, you know, five hundred coming into that game. So they're not playing against some stouty competition. Now, like you said, they got to play against the White Sox tomorrow. So that's going to be where it really is starting to test them going into the playoffs and see what they have going into that first round. Because um, you know you're going to win. The, you're going to going to win and get to the uh, home field advantage. But what are you going to do with that when it comes to that first round? And 
Um, I, my, my aces are definitely not huge up there for this team when it comes to making a huge run in the playoffs. I mean, when you, when you think about them being in the AL Central, you know, they're, they're, they're going against with the White Sox being there with who they have the four-game lead over. It's going to be a, a big series to test who's going to come out of that in first place. Uh, if, if the White Sox take these games and they roll with it and they get the victories in these games, it could easily shift the lead in this division and the White Sox could easily smoothly go in there, even though they're without Tony LaRusso and they're going without the struggles of everything that we've been covering in past episodes of Brian Snow here when it comes to the Chicago White Sox and the struggles that they've had with Tony LaRusso being gone. And, you know, the beginning of the season, you know, and Tony's having these heart issues because when you think about how this team was at the beginning of the season and they were chanting fire Tony at home games because of how they were playing to start this season off. I would, if I was Tony's age, I'd be having heart problems too because you're seventy some years old. Like you're almost eighty years old, pushing it. You know, you're, you're 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 you don't have to be out there managing anymore. You're a Hall of Fame. You were already inducted into the Hall of Fame before you came back. Now he's gone. The White Sox still have a chance, but it depends on how this series goes over the next few days between the Guardians. If the Guardians win two out of three here with the White Sox. They will do it. That's why I have to say out. The only way that they well, don't is if it shifts in the other direction with the White Sox. See, even if they get swept by the White Sox, I think just off of scheduling alone, I think because, I mean, the Guardians, and I say this, no offense to any of these teams or fans of any of these teams, but they play bad teams. Uh, they're playing the Rangers. I mean, they play the Rays. I mean, they're good. Um, but then they play the Royals for the rest of the season. And like, I mean, when you have six games against the Royals, three games against the Rangers, and then your only team that you play that's like good is the Rays. Like, I mean, the White Sox, they're playing the Padres, they're playing the Twins, and yeah, they're playing 500 baseball. But I mean, like the Twins still have a good team. I mean, you have Carlos Correa, um, and several other studs in that lineup. I mean, they know how to win a game. I mean, I just think that, you know, maybe Rocco Baldelli probably shouldn't be the manager anymore. Um, but I, I think the Guardians take the division just because they have a easier path to get there than what the White Sox do. I mean, it's definitely some great takes. I mean, we both agree on this. We're both out that they will finish in first place, given the fact that they do have a four-game lead, like 20 games left in the season or whatnot, give or take. So when you put all that in the equation and you've got a four-game lead at this point, you've got to really go on a bad stretch to kind of give it up. And we've been having these discussions when it comes to the NL East between the Braves and the Mets. That's a different topic for a different episode, as we do not have that on our episode today. But speaking of things in our episode, we have got a great amount of comments from you fans. Let's go ahead and acknowledge that in the yeah. midway point of the episode. Here's the midway point of the show. Comments from the fans. Thank you all for the comments and all the love here at the point of the show. And Ben Fulp is back. My brother's back here with some comments. We're going to get to him in a second. Derek says, let's go. John Campbell says, what's up, guys? What's up, John? Changing American pastime. Yeah, definitely changing America's pastime. That's with the, uh, with the round one topic. 
Why make changes? I agree with John this time. Well, they're actually getting along on this episode. <laughs> Snowman in the morning is here. Thank you, Snowman, for being here. He says, I'll have to see it to believe it. Derek Medea, I guess, saw him in the comments there because they're both on YouTube between Snowman here and him as well. Here saying, Snowman. John Kimball says, Drew is passionate on this round one topic. I definitely was because it is pacifying the game of sports. I'm in. He's out. We disagreed on round one. <laughs> Great way to start episode 49. Derek says, minor leaguers deserve better benefits. We definitely agree with that, Derek. Spot on with that. A man, Ben Fulp is here. He is back. Thank Agreed. you for the comment, brother. I'm all in. MLB has missed out on so much talent. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> Tell him. Tell him. Smooth recovery, D. Willie. I guess he was talking about where they'll have a little slip up there with the round th- roundish <laughs> and moving on in. Says, wheel done or well done. Corrects himself. Ben comes back with Cleveland bats are really good if they keep putting up runs. I mean, you are you are definitely right with that. Um, at this point of the year, hot bats are what makes playoff runs even more impactful because you've got to get you got to produce runs and have the offense to get you through. Defense definitely helps out at certain points later in the game as well. But you are absolutely right, Ben. Cleveland bats have been really good, and they've been keeping the runs going for them as well. Guardians are trash. Here we go. We finally have this. I guess uh, some people just can't handle this. You can't handle the truth. This is terrible, man. Absolutely. That's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible, man. Don't be saying that about the Guardians. They're the ones who are in first place. You must be a, you must be a fan of the White Sox or, or the Twins or something. We'll see, I guess we'll see here in a second. Oh, to answer yeah. my own question, yeah. Twins will win it all, he says. Well, I guess you must know this, Derek. You should know your role and shut your mouth. Because they are seven games back, brother. Seven games back in the Central. Ain't I mean, no I love the Twins. I love the moves that they made, getting Carlos Correa and, and you know, everything they did with the Yankees going back and forth. But, man, they're just they – didn't, they didn't put it together. They didn't put it together. I had really high hopes for the Twins before this year started but they, they've disappointed me pretty severely. I feel like midway through the season, they got this guy as their coach. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Absolutely. They got him as their coach because they don't see playoffs. There's seven games back. And anybody who thinks otherwise, Triple H is in your, fo- in your face pointing at you like this. You know, liar! Sorry, Derek. Just had to. Ben comes back with week schedule two. This should finish in first. I mean, you're absolutely right, Ben. They should. They should absolutely finish in first with having a three-game lead. Alex Roseman's here with the comments. Says sports. Yeah, man. Definitely sports. Sports. Thanks for the comment, guys. Definitely here with sports. We're definitely having a great time. You can get back to doing this if you need me too. But other, other than that, go out there and have some fun with the sports. But we're going to keep on going here with the rounds. We definitely have another round to go into here soon. And that is round four, a round where we definitely talk about some topics that actually like kind of lean a little bit more towards you know the by the numbers. Let's go ahead and see what we got in store for round four. Round four. 
With this one being episode 49, Charlie Huff is the greatest athlete to ever wear the number 49 in all of sports history by the numbers. How do you feel about this one, Joey? Are you in or out? I mean, as much as I want to stay with baseball, I'm out. I got Bobby Mitchell probably being the greatest athlete to be uh, to wear the number 49. Uh, I mean, he played for 10 years. He was in the pro. He's elected into the pro. Hall. Uh, oh, goodness. English. Uh, he was elected to the pro football hall of fame. He's a four time pro bowler. First time, uh, three time, first team, all pro two time, second team, all pro. He's the NFL receptions leader. Uh, one of the seasons that he played two times NFL receiving yards leader. He's the NFL receiving touchdowns leader, uh, played for two teams, uh, and played, you know, kind of running back slash wide receiver. And he was a very versatile player. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, definitely you got some good points there before I even give my take though. We should actually see what Charlie Huff was like so the fans can see what they think and give us their opinion as well in the comments. Charles Oliver Huff, an inspiration to most of us who are much younger than he, began his major league career with the Dodgers in 1969. He had been with Lasorda in the minor leagues in years previous to that. He spent 11 years with the Dodgers, compiling a record of 47 victories. He also lost 46 ball games, but he had 536 strikeouts and he had 56 saves. And as any of his teammates will attest, he left a lasting impression on everyone in the Dodger organization by hitting almost every batter that he faced. While with the Dodgers, he pitched in three World Series in 1974 against Oakland and in 77 and 78 against the Yankees. In fact, he also pitched himself in a baseball history in the most dubious way in 1978. He gave up the second of three Reggie Jackson home runs in the same game of a World Series contest. In 1980, he was purchased by the Texas Rangers, and he pitched with them through the 1990 season. Ten years with the Rangers, he compiled a record of 139 victories, but he lost 123. But he did have 1,452 strikeouts. He baffled the weak American League hitters with his knuckleball. In 1991, he signed with the Chicago White Sox, and that's where he pitched for two seasons. While in Chicago, he did reach two important milestones. May 11, 1991, he recorded his 2,000th career strikeout in a game against Toronto. And on August 5th of 1992, he won the 200th game of his career, becoming only the 90th player ever to reach that mark. There's some speculation he was also the oldest player to reach that mark. In 1992, he signed with the expansion Florida Marlins, and on opening day, he struck out the first batter in franchise history. In that same season, on June the 11th, he notched his first RBI since June 4, 1980. That's 12 years before. His hitting prowess was also demonstrated on April 5, 1994, when he entered the record book once again. He got a base hit. Upon asking him questions about this, he claimed... It was the first hit he had this year. It had to be. It was the opening game of the season. He hasn't had too many before or since. Finally, on June 14th of 1994, against St. Louis, he became the oldest pitcher in baseball history to pitch a shutout. Charles Oliver Huff, we salute you tonight.
You know, that was definitely a great way to uh, to commemorate his career, I guess a 25-year career with, with how the highlights were when it comes to that. But when you put all that in perspective, I actually disagree. I'm with Joey on this. I'm out to... For the exact same person as well, we definitely are spot on with this. Bobby Mitchell and his 10-year career was definitely a pro Hall of Fame inductee, four-time Pro Bowler, three-time first team um, All-Pro as well, two-time second team. He's the NFL receptions leader, two-time NFL receiving yards leader, and the NFL receiving touchdowns leader in that time frame. He played for the Washington Redskins in that time frame as well as the Cleveland Browns. And I'm not just saying this. I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan of the Washington team. You guys know this, who've been with me in this 49-year, 49-episode journey towards 50 as we go to tomorrow. But with all that being said, no, when it comes to Bobby Mitchell and his time frame, he had a very, very prestigious career between that time with the Redskins and with the Browns. And with that, all that being said, you have to give it to him for, ep- for episode 49's by the numbers. Now, with that being said, do you have this 30-second clip of this person right here who wore number 49 pretty well, good in that time frame as well. <laughs> And the noise builds up. You know, I had to put him up there as an honorable mention, you know, with that, with with number 49. But I agree with you, Joey, here with that. And with that, I had to bring a video of Bobby Mitchell in here as well.
Now, when you put all that in perspective and you see the highlights with him, got to give it to him at number 49. You just have to. I mean, we're, yeah, we're I, I didn't I actually, before we discussed this in the green room, I didn't expect you to actually go with this. Thought you were going to keep it baseball <laughs> and maybe go with like Gidry or somebody. Cause I got Gidry up there and probably like my top three. Yeah. It, that, that one was, was tough. Top one. If it wasn't, if it wasn't going to be Bobby Mitchell, it, it really was going to be Gidry. But um, at, at the end of the time, the stats don't lie. I mean, he's definitely the, the better of the two, in my opinion. I mean, it's close. It is really close, but but I think he's better. One thing I will point out, though, Drew, uh, notice those field goal posts in that uh, in that highlight reel. You notice how uh, they got moved back in uh, you know today's society. I'm just saying, rule changes are uh, are are good for for the game. <coughs> oh call, man, call. here we go with that. I should have known you were gonna slip that in there. Well played. <laughs> Well played. I disagree when it comes to this pitch counter and the, the three square <laughs> inches of this base deal. But again, fans, let us know in the comments if you continue to agree or disagree, especially when it comes to this three square inches. I'm just not giving it to you on that. One thing I will give you real quick there, Joey, is a bonus round. Surprise, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Surprise bonus time. The Jordan Montgomery trade is the best deal the Cardinals have made all year long. How do you feel about this one, Joey? Are you in or are you out on this one? In. As someone who follows the Yankees very closely, I was very sad to see him go. Um, and I thought for the Yankees, on the Yankees side of this, that was the dumbest trade the Yankees could have possibly made. <clears throat> Since joining the Cardinals, I mean, he, my man's has been lights out. He's 5-2 and two with an ERA of a 2.35, already has a complete game against my Cubbies, which kind of hurt my heart a little bit. But um, I think he's really embraced the Cardinal way. I think he loves pitching uh, to Yadier Molina. I think having, um, you know, the veteran presence that the Cardinals do, um, you know, really is going to help him be a better pitcher. I, I genuinely think that uh, the way that he's been pitching, I mean, yeah, he's had, you know, he did have a rough start. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, I mean, he has been just lights out. Like, I mean, he has been such a great pitcher for them. Um, if they do end up making a deep round into the playoffs, I think he'll be a huge part of it. Um, I think he loves playing in St. Louis. I think that he's a great fit there. I mean, he looks great in Cardinal red. Um, you know, I, I genuinely, I, I couldn't be happier for Jordan Montgomery and I couldn't be, if I'm a Yankees fan, I couldn't be angrier that they got rid of him. Yeah, it was definitely a very, very, very surprise move on that and when you put all this in perspective when it comes to the jordan montgomery deal and us having this bonus round topic it's the best deal the cardinals have made all year i'm definitely in on this one i definitely feel like it's the best deal that they made all year in a move that scratched so many journalists heads fans of the team's heads in New York. You you, you know, you can go back and see the uh, the highlight clip that I have for tomorrow's episode in episode 50. You can see even Wazel Hefe, Wilfredo Otero, 
who was disgusted in the trade of Jordan Montgomery. You know, it was definitely a surprise. He'd been with the team for like five years or so. Been there, you know, he definitely definitely leaves and goes and plays against the Yankees in August, gets the win over them, you know. Didn't have like his best career game, but he was good enough, especially with a Cardinals team that is led by the home run chase of Albert Pujols trying to go for 700. Even though I've been on the record of saying I don't feel like he's going to get it. He's so man here thinks he does. He's at 698, still currently has not gone to 699 yet because if he did, you know I'd have that highlight for you in this moment talking about a Cardinal. However, with Jordan Montgomery, with it being the best deal the Cardinals have made all year, yes, because it gives them more pitching depth for a run that the Cardinals are trying to make with them having the record that they have currently. The Yankees are still going into the playoffs, yes. But when it comes to playoff runs, it's not just offense. It's a matter of your pitching, too. Because pitching, if you if you can get a pitcher to go into the sixth and seventh inning of a game and have a decent bullpen to back them up, you're good to finish the game out. But it's not just all offense. You've got to have some other chess pieces at play and at bay when it comes to the game of baseball. And you got to have them ready to go. And in a game where you yourself, talked about having pitchers ready to go who are starting pitchers in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning of big games in the playoffs. You yourself said it on previous episode. I remember it, whether it was 37 or 43. I don't know which one, but I remember you saying it, having a starting pitcher and this guy in particular, a Jordan Montgomery, who's still young enough to pull it off. That's why I have to go in on the Cardinals having a great end of this deal over the Yankees. No, it's it's such a great deal. I mean, and I would argue to to your point that pitching is actually more important than offense because at the end of the day, like if your pitchers can't stop the other team from scoring, I mean, you're you're going to lose the game. I mean, there's just nothing that you can do about it. I mean, if you're giving up, you know, a significant amount of runs to the other team, I mean, no matter what your pitchers do, I mean, that's that's defeating on the pitching staff. And that's, that's just not going to feel good as a team. If your pitchers are giving up a ton of runs, like I've been on teams where pitchers have given up run after run after run after run. And it's like, how in the world am I supposed to go out and score to make that up? Like, you know, it's tough. It's deflating, you know, having a really good pitcher who goes out there and just tosses up goose eggs every inning like, I mean, that feels good. And so I definitely love this Jordan Montgomery trade. I love that it gave them pitching depth. I mean, you're talking, you know, especially with him and Adam Wainwright, where they're so similar of pitchers, like he's only going to get better. Like, it's crazy to think about that when you when we're talking about Jordan Montgomery, like he went to probably the best place he could have gone to because of the fact that he's got Adam Wayne right there to show him how to like, you know, I mean, Jordan Montgomery is a really good pitcher, but he's only going to get better having Adam Wayne right there to, to kind of guide him and show him the ropes really. I mean, and Yachty, Yadier Molina, one of arguably the best catcher of our lifetime. I mean, I, he, he's going to be really good. But the biggest argument I'm going to bring here in our defense is they just had a game yesterday where they got shut out by the Reds. 
a team that you like to talk about as well. They got shut out three to nothing against the Reds. Okay, Jordan Montgomery went five and a quarter inning, well, five and a third inning in baseball or whatnot. Went five and a third innings and got the loss in this game because of what happened because they couldn't put up any offense. Pujols going for $6.99. All of that pressure, the, the playoff hype, all of this stuff on their shoulders. Jordan Montgomery, the other back end of the deal, it is the best deal the Cardinals have made all year. However, to go against with what we're saying, to, to kind of further give what we're saying into another echelon of this statement, when it comes to Jordan Montgomery and the deal that they've made, and you're going to get shut out, you just made all of that trade capital into this one guy, bring him in, and you need to get victories with him. You need to get this team primed for a playoff run. You can't be getting shut out by the 58 and 89 <laughs> Cincinnati Reds. Come on, guys. 58 89. Let that sink in. 58 89 Cincinnati Reds. Yes, you beat them in a doubleheader on Saturday. Congratulations. Congratulate, congratulate, expletivations. Okay, because I want to <laughs> say something else, but I'm going to say it for another point in time. I'm not going to waste it on this topic right here. But you lost to the 58 and 89 Cincinnati Reds. What else do you have to say? I'll tell with you that, what, though? it was a really entertaining game to watch, though. I do love watching Cardinals Reds games. In fact, it was actually really cool. The first one that I went to live where they were playing each other was at Great American Ballpark, and that was the one where Nicholas Castellanos ran around the bases, and then they had that giant brawl, and it was like the second game of the season. It was epic. Um, you know, I love watching these two teams play. There's a nice rivalry there, and, you know, I mean, as we uh, have discussed in, you know, previous podcasts, when you're playing your rival, like, you know, it's a little different, you know, you tend to play above kind of your stature. So, you know, in a, in a situation like that, I, I understand why they lost, but I agree with you. You can't lose that game you can't lose to the reds. You can't, uh, that's a team that you need to beat, especially if you're going to make a deep playoff run. Yeah. And talk about Yankees too. I mean, they, they lost two out of three to the, to the Brewers team. It's like, like 10 games above 500. So when you and that was over the weekend as well. So, you know, they, they definitely got the, the short end of the deal, you know, for a guy that they picked up that couldn't really play until recently as well. So when you put all that in perspective and you really think about everything, Jordan Montgomery deal better for the Cardinals, but they have to meet expectations to to make everything we're talking about actually come into fruition because they're not doing it when you lose three to nothing and get shut out by 58-89 Cincinnati Reds team. See, and that was my whole thing about the trade. I mean, you're, you're trading for Harrison Bader, who, I mean, he did just hit his first home run in double-A uh, Somerset. But, I mean, like, he's still, you know, recovering from his injury. Like, I don't understand why you make that trade for someone who's not even going to play until September. And then even then, like, by the time you insert him into that lineup, I mean, he's got, what, a week maybe? to develop with those guys and to, to develop that relationship and to, you know, add to a team that like, you know, has already kind of, you know, established themselves. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like I don't get where the Yankees and, and, you know, where that whole thought process went, like it just doesn't make sense to me.
Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either, man. It's definitely going to, you know, it might come back to bite them here in the playoffs, but we definitely will see how that goes. You know, we've gone through four rounds plus a bonus round here. We don't have too much left to cover, but we one thing is for sure, we do have a pretty impactful final round to go through real quick. Let's see what we got on store for that one. Final round. Here are the final round. Shohei Otani will not win MVP again this season. How do you feel about this one, Joey? Are you in or are you out with this final round discussion of episode 49? I am in. He says he's in. All I'm right. in. He's I'm in. in. Keyword of MVP. Most valuable, right? Most valuable player. As much as I love Shohei Otani, and I have talked about it at length on this podcast, I adore Shohei Otani. That is the modern-day Babe Ruth. I mean, we are looking at a -a once-in-a-lifetime player. However, if you take Shohei Otani out of the Angels and put him on literally any other team, The Angels are still one of the worst teams in baseball. I mean, they they are not a playoff team. I mean, I love Shohei Otani, but if you're MVP, if the word is most valuable player, he is not the most valuable. You, You take a guy like Aaron Judge and you take him away from the Yankees, and I don't know that the Yankees are a playoff team. But you take Shohei Otani away from the Angels, and the Angels are still not a great team. But, you know, Aaron Judge, I think, should win the MVP this year because of the fact that he is having a season unlike any other. I mean, you're looking literally at someone who's hitting 316 with 59 home runs, 127 RBIs. Like, you're going to legitimately tell me that that is – like, I mean, I get it. Shohei also pitches, but Shohei is only hitting 266, and he has not even remotely close to the amount of home runs that Aaron Judge has. I can't sit here and give Shohei the MVP when, like, he's gonna, like, I get it. He's really good, but, like, Aaron Judge is way more of a valuable asset to the Yankees than Shohei is to the Angels. I, I just don't have any other way to put that. Uh, I don't know. I, I You said he's more valuable to the Yankees than Otani's more valuable. Before I get to that, before I get to that, before I even get to that, I, not to specify, if I didn't, it, no, hang on. We'll if I didn't make it clear enough, again, if I, I didn't make it out. clear enough, Yankees, Aaron Judge is more valuable to the Yankees than Shohei is to the Angels. They're specific teams. Because, again, if you take Shohei off the Angels and put him on any other team, and then you take Aaron Judge and take him off the Yankees, I just, I'm telling you, bro, most valuable, it's got to go to Aaron Judge. I disagree. I'm out. (laughs) 
Joey in a year where he pitches and shares time between pitching and batting. The man has 34 home runs. He's had 11 stolen bases. How many pitchers do you know? Even Babe Ruth stole 11 stolen bases at this point. Almost a dozen stolen bases. He's a pitcher. He's pitching. He's throwing heat. Throwing the cheddar. Throwing the high heat. Throwing the cheddar. 34 home runs, Joey. 34 home runs <laughs> as a pitcher, Joey. I don't want to discredit his season. I just think that, like, again, you take him off the Angels, and the Angels are still one of the worst teams in baseball. But you take Aaron Judge away from the Yankees, and I don't think that the Yankees are a playoff team. Like, I'm just going to be honest. And if, you, if, the, if the question is who's the most valuable, like, I, I get it. Shohei is a great player. But, like, the Angels are still not great. They lost to the Mariners 9-1 to today. Like, you, Shohei is not a one-man wrecking crew, and until the Angels get him some support, like, the Angels are still not going to be a great baseball team. I just don't think that he's more valuable this season than Aaron Judge. I just Joey? don't. In a year where he has 34 home runs, he has 13 pitching victories. I understand. And I he get has it. Double digit victories when he has triple the amount of home runs. And he has a two point four three ERA. He He's a good player. The Angels that he that Aaron Judge is to the Yankees. Get out of here. He is a he is a great player. I mean, he genuinely is a great player, and I don't want to discredit that. And argue like genuinely, he is the Babe Ruth of our time, and I genuinely think that he is probably we're looking at a future Hall of Famer. I just don't think that this season he has earned that MVP title as much as Aaron Judge has. I think we're going to look back on this time. We're going to look back on Shohei Otani. We're going to look back on these sound bites, Joseph. We're going to look back on this time. And you are going to have to answer for your sins when it comes to Shohei Otani. He's going to win the MVP this year. Because 34 home runs and potentially more. I don't think he's going to hit six more and get to 40. But if he especially got to 40, he would definitely, with 40 home runs and double-digit victories on the mound, will get MVP. At this point, maybe questionable. In my opinion, for what he's done, for how much he has meant to that team, I still can't believe it. You said Aaron Judge means more to the Yankees than Shohei means to the Angels. No, sir. Incorrect. You got me hyped up here in the final I mean, round. I mean, the Angels are talking about trading him. The Angels are talking about trading him. Like, there's no way that you're going to sit here and tell me that the Angels care as much about Shohei Otani as the Yankees care about Aaron Judge. I mean, I, I just... Impactful to an organization, okay? If you trade Otani to the Dodgers, to the Yankees, they are instant contenders. Like, even if they were contenders, they are instant lock for World Series. Because he is that important. He is a multi-dimensional player. He can get you victories at the plate and on the mound. He can, but he can't, but at the same time, stamina is key. And we've learned this by playing video games and playing sports in our life. What stamina <laughs> means in fighting games, but whatever yep. type of game you're playing, stamina is key. 
You can't do them both and be successful throughout a nine-inning game. So that's why he has to do pitching one day primarily and batting the next. And that's why it's perfect. And American League has been primed for designated hitter, even though we've seen it more transitional in the National League over the recent years. But American League has been more privy to designated hitters. So that's why I guess people lean more towards that when signing contracts. And And the Angels definitely set it up well for him and the plan that they have. However, you need other pieces. One guy on a 25 or 28 or 30-man roster isn't going to get you to the playoffs. you got to build a team around him. Right. When I, it comes to I agree. Impactful. Which, is why, which is why I am telling you, like, I don't think that he, like, I just think that Aaron Judge, like, has made the Yankees what they are, right? Like, the Yankees are a playoff team because Aaron Judge is on that team. The Angels are not a playoff team, even though they have Shohei Otani. You would think that your MVP is going to have, you know, a major impact in getting their team up the, the mountain, right? Like, you would think that. You would hope that. But Shohei Otani hasn't done that he has done everything in his power to get them to where they should be but the rest of the team doesn't seem to be you know doing the the you know hope i guess if that's what angel fans want to call it um you know that they would be in the playoff team i mean we talked in our first podcast that we did that the angels like definitely are not living up to the expectation that they should be and i agree Like, the Angels should be a playoff team. When you have Mike Trout, who is the best outfielder of our generation, and then Shohei Otani, who's probably the best player of our generation, and, like, those two guys together, I mean, you should build a team to get them into the playoffs. But I just don't – I don't think that he's the most valuable player this year because it's like he's not – they're not going anywhere. They're still a bad baseball team. The last stat I want to throw at you right quick, okay? With Shohei Otani, Joey, he's got 526 at-bats during this time frame that he had 20, 25 appearances on the mound to this day. Season's not over yet. He'll probably have a couple more, at least two to three more appearances on the mound before the before the year's over with at least the, with the way his schedule goes. I would say at least two more. And 25 appearances on the mound, Joey, he's 13-8. and eight. With being 13 and 8 with this team and getting 13 decisive victories with a struggling Angels team. And this is be, this is this is besides everything else. He's still got a 2.43 ERA with a struggling Angels team. Keep that in mind. 13 and 8 decisions, wins over losses. 25 complete ga- games. He's he's played in 25 games as a pitcher. Then when you think about his batting, 526 at bats. 83 runs scored, 141 hits. So, you know, basically one out of every five. It's still it's still 268 for your batting average. It's not horrible. It's, it's still under 300, but I bet you he could be batting 300 if he wasn't pitching. If Otani was not pitching, if Otani wasn't pitching, he would be up there with Aaron Judge in this home run race. So don't let that fool you right now, okay? He's pitching. So you can say whatever you want about Aaron Judge. But if Otani didn't pitch in 25 games, 
That's 25 more games, plus the other days he was resting as well. That would be probably at least 30 more games he would have at best. He's already got 34 home runs. He would be at 50 home runs right now, potentially 60. And what if Otani says, you know what, boss? I'm going to take this year off from pitching. Let's see what I got at the plate. I bet you he hits 60 diggers over the fence because he's not pitching. What do you say about that, Joseph? I, I say that he's still only DHing. We haven't seen him really play the field at all in the majors. So, like, the thing is, is, like, Aaron Judge is playing center field, which is, like, really tough. Like, I was a center fielder. Like, it is really tough. Like, I mean, it is not necessarily the easiest position to play, especially in Yankee Stadium. I understand that Shohei is also pitching. But when he's not, he's getting to rest. He's getting fluids. He's getting to be able to to really rejuvenate himself to be able to go out and hit at his best. I think, yes, he does hit a lot of homers if he's not pitching, but I I don't know that he puts up Aaron Judge numbers. I don't. Like, I have to see it. I would have to see it. I mean, it's not really a, a favorite to the ones upstairs that you have someone like your star pitcher playing and batting as well because every at-bat is a chance that he gets hit and, you know, can get hit to your throwing arm, can affect how you pitch, can affect how you play the game. So – to have the contract to be able to do the two is let alone for is great. And when it comes to that, but when you're in major leagues, you got another roster around you. You don't need to be playing in center field. You don't need to be playing in the field at all. You don't need to be wasting that time that you could be recovering. Like you said, getting the fluids and spend that time being the best pitcher you could possibly be on a shit-tastic team known as the angels <laughs> where you barely got your 13 and eight victory anyway. So that's my point on that. You should be glad, Angels fans, that he got you 13 victories and pitched well enough against the opposition to make sure that you get the victories in that game. With that being said, have a four-minute highlight video of Shohei Otani. Altuve, not an easy guy to strike out, but Shohei does it anyway. Back to... 2 to Pena. Got him. Two-gone bases, empty top of the second. The one-two home. Got him swinging. And we might even hear one of their voices tonight. Got him four straight. Sometimes I'm thinking he's hacking here. 3-2 pitch. Got him again. Pitch if it's a little bit closer to the outside part, but he's going to make a good pass at it. Got him looking. one nothing Astros. One out, bases empty in the fourth. 3-2 home. Got him swinging. Seven for Otani tonight. He struck out the side. Pitch. Wade's moving. Otani drives that one right field. That's going to get down. Ground rule double. Wade would have scored easy. That went in on a hop into the stand. So Place here, and Seeger as a Dodger got very used to what would turn into his new home. A 2-2 count. Runs against Otani. 3-2 home. Oh, Simeon takes strike three. Brock Burke was really good. John King was scoreless. Shohei sends that one into the corner. A fair ball. It'll rattle around. Otani's first hit of the night. Vincent Day, great to have you with us tonight. Underway in Arlington.
Shohei takes the first pitch and sends it deep to right field. Garcia drifting and it's gone! Otani sends another one out to right field. That one doesn't stand a chance to stick around! First pitch to Otani. There's a drive to right field. Calhoun turns his back and it's out of here! Our crew to work here. <laughs> Otani left field. Back is Brantley. Off the wall. One run is in. Two runs are in. Five nothing. Otani in game one. Here's the one two. Got him. Good to see Otani on early. Here's the two two. And he went. And the one two. Struck him out. That's four strikeouts for Otani. And the one two. Oh, got him. Here's the one two. Struck him out. Strikes out the side. Six K's. It's the pitch he has working. That's seven. Got him. Another one. That's eight. Another one. Wow. The 2-2 two -two to Tucker. Did he go yes. there? 1-2 to Guriel. He got him. Wow. He got him. That is 11 strikeouts. He got him. That's a dirty dozen. Shift is on to Brantley. And he was indeed. Wade is there. Backhand throws across. Gets him. Two ball, two strikes to Reyes. Got him looking. Two on, two two. And he got it. There's Reyes one two. And that's another one. Now in baseball, at least in the month of April, Bailey strikes out. Right. <laughs> Joey, double-digit strikeout games when you're also hitting 34 home runs in a year? Come on. Come on. He's the MVP. He means more to the Angels than Aaron Judge means the Yankees. Get out of here with that comment. I mean, I I just disagree, man. I just, I can't, I can't not. Aaron Judge is is definitely just too good to to not say that he's the MVP this year. I just, I don't, I, I you're not going to convince me otherwise. It's been fun though. I, I have, I have been fun. Uh, has been fun time debating that. It definitely has been, man. It definitely has been fun. And with that being said, we've gone through five rounds as well as a bonus round in this episode. Let's go ahead and acknowledge the comments from the fans. We have a decent amount. We got to acknowledge here before we get on out of here with the mayhem culmination here at the end of the show. And here with the mayhem culmination, John Kimball keeps things going with Ron Guidry is the best to wear 49. I mean, in your opinion, that's a pretty good opinion. He's definitely in the top three. Definitely could uh, be debatable within this topic as well, but Joey and I definitely both agree 
that we have Bobby Mitchell as our number one for uh, this episode with episode 49. He says 18 strikeouts to, uh, you know, to kind of help with his argument. And then says, yes, Gidry, I guess because I was showing him some love. At least he's an honorable mention, says John Kimball. So thanks for keeping up with us there with that, John. Wow, that's a quarter century Huff pitches. Definitely, definitely was a long time that uh, Charlie Huff was uh, playing in the game of baseball. So definitely was a long time. He says Huff. So Derek says Huff. You know, we both disagree on that. But uh, my grandpa was 49 in high school, he says. Okay, well, uh, thank you for the quick fact check there, Derek. John Kimball says nobody cares, Derek. Wow, it's a little, it's a little harsh. You know, I guess, uh, I guess if Derek were to come back at you, he probably would say something along these lines. Would you please shut the hell up? Absolutely, absolutely. Be nice there, John Kimball. Don't be mean. Thanks, John Kimball, says Derek. I guess, uh, get, you know, thanking him for not showing him some love up here. Not a problem, young man, says John Kimball. I will whoop that candy peach, I guess that candy ass, John, and you know it, says Derek Medea. So this is a friendly fight they got going back and forth. Come to North Dakota, says John Kimball. Darrell gives us some uh, actual good clarity in here, says Drew and Joey. Thank you, Darrell. We appreciate you. And thank you for popping up in here. With that, we got to acknowledge you with this. Yes, 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 Darrell, a Vault of Fame inductee as well. Thank you, Darrell, for being here for this episode of the comments. Derek says no thanks for coming to North Dakota. John said come to North Dakota. Derek says no thanks. John Kimball responds, but just simply, <laughs> okay. This is great, guys. Come to North Dakota. No thanks. And okay. All right. Get him, Drew, says Derek Medea. I guess where I was talking about the Cincinnati Reds, 58 and 89. Come on, Joey, getting shut out. I can't They're give bad. too much love to the Cardinals with that. They're bad. The wild card teams in the National League is too strong, says Ben Fulp. Yep. I mean, yeah, I would uh, agree know. with that 100%. Yeah. You know, the National good. League is going to be a really hard fight playoff match. Like, I mean, that thing is that, that thing's going to be tough. That is a gauntlet that they have to go through. Uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, I, I've done said that, I, that it's probably going to be the Mets just because of their pitching. But, I mean, looking at who's going into the playoffs in the National League, it's very possible I could be wrong. Like, very, very possible I could be wrong. Absolutely. I mean, the, the team, the, the teams to beat are going to be coming out of the NL East, I believe, because you got either the Braves, the Mets, depending on who's going to come out of the, the division as the champs. You got to look at that in the equation when it comes to thinking about these teams you're going to have to face in the National League. Then you got the West, too, with the Dodgers as well. It's going to be very tough for these AL teams to match up against these teams in the playoffs. Shohei will win it this year. Thank you, John Kimball, for giving me the love. Going to have to throw this to you as well. Yes, 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 yes. And the next four straight seasons. That's now, a with, bold statement. That's a bold statement. With that, I will have to throw this at you. Sorry, John. 
Good shit. Stay off the weed. Absolutely. <laughs> Stay off of it, John, because for the next four years. I mean, the way that he's playing and how much the press absolutely love him. I can't say that it would shock me if he's right, though. Like, I, I that's, I mean, that's not, that's not terribly off the wall if he keeps playing the way that he's been playing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, uh, for four years, you're giving me a hard time. We're arguing about this back and forth. I'm talking about he's got 34 home runs, 13 wins. You're telling me no. And now you want to give John Kimball love on his four straight seasons. Come on, man. Come I mean, on. I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I do believe that Aaron Judge will win it this year. However, it's, it, it is not terrible. Like to say that that Shohei Otani is going to win the MVP. Like, I mean, if you told me that at the end of the year, like if you came back from the future and was like, yeah, Shohei wins it at the end of the year. Like, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you uh, to a point that like, I mean, I I do think that Shohei shouldn't win it. But I mean, if you told me that that was the case, I, I would believe you. But four straight seasons, Joey. I don't know about three seasons. I mean, the press loves him, though. And the thing is, is the press is the one who determines who wins the MVP. Like, it's it's the the media that votes on who wins the MVP. And they love Shohei. So, to say that he would win the next four seasons, like, I don't think he will. I don't. If this was, an, if this was one of our in or outs thing, I'd be out. But, I mean. What? I'm sorry, Joe, but I got some fault daddy power that I got to throw at you here in a second. But before we get to that, I got to acknowledge a couple more comments. Laughing at John Kimball on the four straight seasons. Yes, so am I here because you're definitely smoking something you think he's going to win the next four years. I'm telling you, he will, says John Kimball. Okay, you're so definitive. Biff with the Back to the Future book. Let us know how that goes. In four years, we're going to pull this back up if I'm still here. It's not RBIs. It's it's not ribbies, it's RBI, no S. I mean, that's that's valid. That's valid. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Aaron yeah. Judge should be an MVP. He's been the offense for the Yankees since he's the, uh, okay. 100%, 100%. That's what I've All been right. saying this entire argument, Drew. He's been the offense, but they haven't been consistently winning at the same time, though. And the Angels have? Like, no, but the reason why that they have one is because of Otani. I, dude, that's the same argument I'm using on Judge. I'm just saying. <laughs> this is a never-ending circle. Never-ending circle. But he cannot pitch. He cannot pitch. And Otani has 13 victories as a pitcher. Until Aaron Judge can go up there like Winnie the Pooh holes and get victories on the mound. And do it 13 times over? No, I'm not giving you that. I'm giving it to Otani. Yeah, right, John, says Derek. Come on, guys. John Kimball not liking this here a few minutes ago when we were talking about. I'm telling you the truth on Otani. He disagrees with us. And Ben Fulps says, coming from a Braves fan, Judge is MVP. That is definitely very, very surprised because if Vinny Mack were to come to you right now, he would not be happy that you would be saying this coming from a, Vans, uh, a Braves fan. <laughs> yeah! But anybody that would sick Vince McMahon on my guy here, I'd have to stick the water boy on. <laughs>
Absolutely. I'd sick him on for my dude right here. What? Absolutely. What? Don't you be talking smack over there, John Kimball. What? I said you, John Kimball. What? Also you, Derek. What? Don't you be talking that smack up in here and expect to get away with What? Because. Yeah! We have one sole message for the trolls. When it comes to the message for the trolls, we actually have this. Joey, this is how we feel about the trolls. To all internet trolls, get up out of here. That's how we feel about you. Take that away from here with us <laughs> on episode 49. It's definitely been a great ride. We still have a few more things to acknowledge here. But the most important thing is we definitely have another chapter of the Vault of Fame we have to take. Acknowledge me. That's right. The Vault of Fame acknowledges that Joey Raymond is now a three-time Vault of Fame inductee. Joey Raymond here for the third time is a three-time Vault of Fame inductee. Don't forget, up next tomorrow, we have episode 50, the monumental episode 50. And with that, you know what, guys? I'll go ahead and give you a one-minute sneak peek to this upcoming event. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of the Inner Out Sports Debate Show. Let's get this thing started. So you're giving it to Dale Earnhardt Jr. because he piggybacked off of his dad's name. The because only difference was because there was a junior at the end and not a yes, senior. Yes, yeah. I had Miami Heat winning last night. I was, I was upset <laughs> too when they lost. Just with you because of the fact of what you just feel strongly about. This should have been done. If you can celebrate Christian McCaffrey's thousand thousand season, if you can celebrate Marshall Falk's thousand thousand season and elect him into the hall of fame why can't you elect the person who originated the thousand thousand season and that's roger craig i'm probably gonna catch the for this but <laughs> i'm out i've got tim duncan in my top 10 instead of um steph everybody else we agree on just a different kind of order is is how ours goes i would want to offload that contract Get rid of that contract. Get some. Get two to three other potential middle tier players. When you think number nineteen, you think of Johnny U. Johnny United for the Baltimore Colts back in the day. That's okay, fantastic man. form fantastic, right there. Fantastic. You can. There's nobody that can say one bad thing about that form. See ball, a great, hit ball. Get your motion through there, girl. Yeah, it is. Follow through. Look at that follow through. I don't think it's the franchise issue. I actually think it's the players because. People have talked about how Steve Nash's coaching has been bad, but then they also talk about why Katie, like, why would you leave? It just, it shows, like, the type of player he is if he literally leaves. Some player just leaves, and he's only been there for a couple of seasons. You're fighting for the NBA championship. You're fighting for our country at the same time. You got to give it to our man, Mr. Patriotic. We just celebrated 4th of July last week. 
here on the Inner Out Sports Debate with Mr. Jarrell Owens as a Mr. Patriot here. And as I'm going to get animated here on the show with this with Elgin Baylor, I'm going to say, my man, that you are saying that because you are a homer for the Philadelphia 76ers and you should be picking my man, Elgin Baylor. Why not give love to the king, Richard Petty, with seven championships, won 200 races. He raced for 35 years <laughs> from 1958 to 1992. How do you not give it to Richard Petty? In one play, Joe, he snapped both of his ankles. He snapped both of his ankles in one play, Joe. I'm sorry. But on the same play, it's not like he hurt his one ankle earlier in the game or even last week and was like, I'm a tough son of a bitch. I'm going to come out here and I'm going to play through this pain and snap the other one. No. On the same play. It takes a special talent to snap both of your ankles in one play, my man. Come on. He's not the only one that called him out. Number one. Number two. Noah Gregson was in the wrong. Number three, even Junior himself said Noah was in the wrong. He's taken out of his bag of tricks. And you forgot one of the most important people to ever watch one of the baseball. Catfish Hunter, who won five World Series. Catfish Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catfish Hunter. Nah, I did see that. And this guy did what he did to Freddie. He should never be allowed to represent anybody else. Exactly. And you said the perfect word, represent. Uh It's so wild to go through that experience. It's still wild to go through it now. And watch people double mask up and stuff. It's like wearing two diapers, man. Like, what is that really going to do? I try. And I'll go ahead and cut it off there. I don't want to show the whole thing. That's the rough draft right there. Going into tomorrow's episode 50, that little highlight reel of episodes one through the current on up to 50 will be playing for episode 50 tomorrow at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. Don't forget, as mentioned earlier, you can find the Inner Out Sports Debate currently on Tuesdays on all the Legacy Maker Sports Network platforms listed here for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, coming soon, TikTok, but always with the articles on the ready at LegacyMakerSports.com. You can find here on the Inner Out Sports Debate on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Twitch, as well as the audio platforms listed here as well on the Apple and Google Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Anchor.fm, and you can also download the episodes individually on iTunes. You can, if you want to throw a little tippy here, you can donate what Darrell Owens says are Willie Bucks here via Cash App at dwillie87, Cash App, Cash, dot app backslash dollar sign dwilly87 if you'd like to throw a little tippy action at the video producer here go on live stream other than that we are here with episode 49 with my man joey raymond still discussing a lot of baseball topics we have a few more comments as we are still here in the uh the mayhem Derek says i agree with drew otani means more to the Angels, you know what? Thank you, Derek, for throwing that in here at the end. <laughs> Even though I feel like you're trying a little kiss, you know what? But other than that, I will go ahead and acknowledge that with a little bit of a yes. 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 And keyword, a little bit of a yes. A couple more comments. John says, shut up, Derek. I guess he doesn't like what you have to say. We'll go with this. Would you please shut the hell up? That's how John Kimball feels right now, going to Derek. I will whoop you, John, says him. Well, I guess if you were the Rock, 
This is how you would feel right now when it comes to John. You see, The Rock is going to take his boot. Oh, no. Not the boot. And then The Rock is going to turn it horizontal or sideways, just the way you like it, or so The Rock is heard. Wait a minute. <laughs> and then, Kurt, in one swift motion, The Rock is going to take his boot and stick it straight up your candy ass! John follows that up with Bring It Jabroni. Uh, so I guess the English needs to come out a little bit better from Derek. English, motherfucker! Do you speak it? Absolutely! <laughs> do you speak it? Because he says, I laugh at you, John. Is it really this bad? <laughs> That's terrible. That's the most terrible comeback you could have. You can't handle the truth! Absolutely, Derek. I need you to handle this and because people really just don't have time for this. Ain't nobody got time for this. Sandra Brown knows when it comes to these last bit of comments, guys. Thank you for your time there, fans. Thank you for sticking with us here for 90 minutes. Episode 49 of the Inner Out Sports Debate. We've enshrined Joey here as a three-time Vault of Fame inductee. We've gone through six rounds on this show. Looked at some highlights. Been through the vault. There's only one more thing left to cover, and that is the final word. And here with the final word, Joey, you know the deal. Out of everything we've talked about here on episode 49 or just anything in sports in general, What's in your mind to get off your chest here for the final word? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I I love doing these, man. These are so much fun. I love coming back every week. Uh, you know, Derek and John have been here the past couple times. They've always made it a very good and interesting comment section. Um, now, this is uh, this is definitely a good time. I think uh, sports wise, uh, you know, I think we had a, a lot to talk about today. Uh, there's a lot to unpack, um, you know, and, and definitely, um, you know, I, I do love the rule changes. I do love that, uh, the minor leaguers now have a union and I, I, you know, do love that, that baseball is developing into a thing. I think the best version of the sport that we have so far, um, I know we didn't talk a ton about it, but as far as the shift rules go, uh, if you go back and watch standard baseball highlights from like way back when um they didn't really shift a lot shifting didn't really become a popular thing until joe madden and the rays in like 2007 um so i'm okay with the shift rules because of the fact that we didn't used to do it so why are we going to continue to do it um, especially considering the fact that it's going to bring out better athletes we're going to see better plays we're going to see a better version of our game, and I'm really looking forward to that. Now, I really like how you took it here at the final word, and, and I'll actually piggyback off of how you started it. 49 episodes, guys, and I, I gave you a little sneak peek, just like I gave Joey a sneak peek at the, the entirety of the thing. I gave you at least about a sneak peek of half of uh, what's in store for tomorrow's episode 50. It's about an eight-minute montage or so of, 
you know, 50 episodes getting up to that point where we started at, where we're at now. Uh, me video producing, streaming, live, doing things that are completely different to what we started at. When we first started this show, get up on a Zoom chat, talk about some topics, then I would just kind of throw it together in a cluster. Wasn't as organized as it is now to make a great production. I'm not even trying to toot my own horn or anything. I have a decent production. Okay, it's okay. It's it's not it's not uh, it, it's okay. I, I don't. I'm trying to be humble here. However, I know that in myself, and and I'd be naive to say there wasn't any growth from watching the first episode to now episode 49. And it takes the other end of it as well, whether it's one person like Joey who's here or when we have trios episodes and it's multiple people, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. So with my final word, I want to thank all of you. That's why we have a vault of fame. That's why I acknowledge you all at the beginning of the show and induct you at the end for those of you who are currently here because without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. Thank you very much for everything that you do. Thank you, Joey, for being here for episode 49 for the third time. You'll be a part of that tomorrow, which you've seen as well. And um, with this final word, just want to just give back thanks to for all of you taking the time to be here. 49 episodes are in the books. Thank you all for watching episode 49 here of Joey Raymond and myself. We only have one big thing left to do, and that is watch one badass outro from my guy Joey Raymond to my side. I am Drew Willingham. Everybody stay safe out there in these streets. Oh.